here's the challenge. If it doesn't align with our business goals, it's not the right problem. Okay. So we have to go out and we have to, first we have to understand, okay, we know the business. All right. Okay. Now what are our goals? What are we trying to, what are our objectives? Like for our organization, you mentioned Armstrong relocation. We're very focused on quality. We're very focused on safety and revenue and profit. So if, if I'm going out and I'm, I'm looking for a way to help the organization and I'm trying to identify the problem, if it's not around those four areas, it's probably not going to get a lot of attention. Good morning, HR. I'm Mike Coffey, and this is the podcast where I talk to business leaders about bringing people together to create value for shareholders, customers, and the community. Please follow, rate, and review Good Morning HR on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook or at goodmorninghr.com. For as long as I've been in and around HR, and that's almost 30 years now, I've heard HR professionals bemoan the fact that they don't have a seat at the table. But when I look around, I see plenty of strong HR leaders driving change and moving their organizations forward, both inside and outside of the C-suite. So is it just a matter of competency or personality that determines who ends up in positions of leadership? Today's guest says that no one gets a seat at the table by accident, and there are specific strategies professionals inside and outside of HR can employ to sell their ideas and create more influence inside their organizations. My friend Bruce Waller is a vice president of corporate relocation for Armstrong Relocation in Dallas. He's the author of two books, Find Your Lane and Mile Markers, A Five-Year Journey. He also blogs and hosts the Life in the Leadership Lane podcast. Bruce and I are also speaking at Fort Worth HR's Strategic Mindset Conference on September 17th. I've known Bruce for over 15 years, and I'll say he's absolutely one of the most sincere and optimistic people that I know. So thank you for being on Good Morning HR, Bruce. Mike, it's so good to see you. Good morning, HR. I've got my there coffee go. ready to go. There you go. Well, so at the, at the Strategic Mindset Conference, your presentation is titled Strategies to Get More Buy-In from the C-Suite. And so you refer specifically in that title to strategies. Does that mean that you believe who has influence in an organization is more than just luck of the draw? Yeah, no. Hey, thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate it, Mike. You know, I, uh, I was actually thinking back as I was thinking about this recording, and I was thinking uh, back in 2018, I got a chance to speak at the Strategic Mindset Conference when I put out the book, Find Your Lane. Uh, and since then, I, I've been working on another book, and one of the uh, chapters in the book is about influence, and it's about getting buy-in because I often hear uh, people in business, HR in particular, talk about what you're talking about. Hey, how do we get a seat at the table? How can we get more influence? And the way I've kind of looked at that is, hey, we need to we need to put on our sales hat, right? So we're all in HR. We're all it's all about people, but we're also all in sales. I mean, think about it. Uh, we're trying, you know, when we're recruiting, we're trying to sell someone on a candidate. Uh, or, hey, maybe we want a promotion. I mean, anybody want to raise? Sometimes we have to sell ourselves. And so when we talk about strategies to get buy-in with the C-suite, uh, there are actually, there's a sales process 
that we all must go through. And if you try to skip steps, you're going to have a hard time. And uh, just real quick, there, there's five steps. There's building trust. Uh, there is finding a problem or finding the right problem. We're going to talk about that. Once you find that problem, then you got to build that business case, right? You got to sell that idea. And then, uh, of course, then you have to have people within the organization. Uh, I call them sponsors. You need to develop relationships and sponsors to help you move that idea forward. And then, of course, lastly, uh, it's all about being persistent, right? The great Jim Balvano, never give up, don't ever give up. And so, you know, one thing I think is important is that we all just take a step back and say, are we applying these things as we uh, grow in our organizations? So that's what I'm hoping to, to, um, you know, share with everyone and and uh, hopefully someone will get uh, some people will get a good takeaway from it. Well, so in HR, there's there are recruiters and then there's everybody else. And the recruiters are salespeople. Let's face it. I mean, they you know, they're they're they will tell you this is the best place to work. You should quit your job, divorce your wife, whatever you've got to do to get to come and work at this place. And then there's everybody else who deals with the aftermath of what the recruiter does. Um, but what I mean, when you talk to sales about about sales to most HR people, they get they get cringy, right? Uh, it's intimidating, or their idea of being salesy looks like you know buying a car uh, secondhand at a, at a used car lot. Talk to me about when you're talking about sales. What does that what does that look like uh, for a, a professional trying to sell their ideas inside the organization? It's a great point. You know, I remember when I joined Armstrong Relocation, I was on the operations side before Armstrong for about eight years. And when I joined Armstrong, I joined on the sales and marketing side. And I remember thinking sales, it's like a, think about a used car salesman. You're driving up and there's five white shirts to come out that want to sell you a car. That's not what this is really all about. Uh, this is all about really uh, building Let's just start with building trust, developing relationships within the organization. And one of the things that I think is important to kind of point out here is that uh, the reason why I think uh, salespeople get a bad name is because three out of four salespeople are not listening, right? They're just out there pitching their products. They're not out there trying to figure out uh, what what's needed or what needs to be shared or whatever the case may be. And so that's one of the reasons why a lot of times when people have a hard time developing influence in the organization, it's because they skip that very first step. You know, they the very first step is building trust, right? Well, building trust requires building relationships. And a lot of times that takes a long time to do. And a lot of times People will, you know, I'm going to call them mediocre salespeople. I don't have time. I just need to make the sale. They skip that first step and they go right to trying to find the problem. Well, if you haven't built that trust, you're going to have a hard time even getting someone to buy in uh, on, on the problem. So when I'm talking about sales in the organization, I'm talking about really selling yourself, building relationships with others. Um, and like I said before, I mean, a lot of times, you know, even as an HR leader, you're going into the leadership team and you're trying to sell your ideas or what you try to accomplish with your leadership team as well. And so 
that's really what it's more about. It's, it's not necessarily selling, but it's more about, hey, let, let's all come together. Let's build some relationships and let's work together to try to figure out how we can move forward. And that's interesting. I think a lot of those relationships are damaged, at least from the HR side of the, the desk, because so many HR people are focused on being transactional and on being, you know, doctor no, uh, telling people what they can't do all day long. And in some organizations, that's necessary because you've got a lot of cowboys. But uh, I think what you're talking about with understanding and, and hearing the other side and why, what somebody's trying to accomplish and there may well be something that, hey, you can't do that because of Title VII or the ADA or whatever. But if you stop and listen to what the other the other side is saying, so at least understand what the problem is they're trying to solve, you can be more helpful than just telling them no because we'll get sued. And I think there's a lot of HR people that that aren't that aren't listening beyond, oh, we can't do that. I love that you brought that up. You know, before I put this presentation together, I actually went out. So uh, you mentioned Life and Leadership uh, Lane podcast. I've interviewed many, many, many high performers, right? Top business leaders, many of them serving HR. I went out to them and I asked them, hey, on these five strategies, what would you say, uh, what's your perspective around these? So for example, uh, on the first one, we're going to talk about you know, building trust, it comes from developing relationships. We talked about that, right? But one of the business leaders said, hey, you got to know the business. You have to learn the business and not just know the business, but the acumen, right? Um, he talked about quickness is understanding and dealing with a business situation. What's the financial performance, right? The underlying. Uh, then many of them talked about the importance of, you, you mentioned this before, listen, relate, understand, and listen more. So you're right. A lot of people are just like transactional. They're like, hey, I've got I've got a laundry list of things I got to get done today. Let's just get them done versus just pausing and saying, hey, let's look at the business uh, as a whole. And so um, I think uh, a lot of these different things that are under the building relationships, um, they take time. They take uh, they take a real focus on you know, putting yourself in that position to be that go-to person, right? Right. What would you say to somebody who's the new HR person in an organization who, who doesn't have existing relationships outside of whoever they happen to meet uh, in the interview and, and on the way in to work the first day? Uh, how would, what would you say a strategy for building those relationships would look like if you're new to the organization? Yeah, I think the first and foremost thing is you you gotta you gotta walk through the crowd, walk slowly through the crowd. I heard John Maxwell say that years ago, and and it's taken me a while to figure that out. But what he's basically saying is, get up from behind your desk, go out and talk to the people, and not just about what are you doing business wide. Get to know them, right? And so uh, it's interesting. I was talking to a good friend of mine. She's a chief people officer at On the Border, and she mentioned that a lot of times whenever she has a, a challenge, she'll go out and she'll talk to different people in the organization and get their buy-in. So that way, when she goes to you know the leadership table, she's already got everybody's buy-in. Well, every once in a while, you're going to find someone that doesn't necessarily agree with what you have to say. And she said, those are the people that help her the most. And I just love that because she said, now what I do is I will 
first go to those people and say, hey, tear some holes in this, what I'm thinking. Tell me what you're thinking. And then all of a sudden she takes it back and she answers all these objections. So now when she goes to the, the table to uh, try to get buy-in, she's already answered the objections and now she, she has that buy-in. So uh, what I would say is this, you just got to get out and you got to develop those relationships, get to know people, ask those questions. Hey, what's going good here? What can we improve on? And just start demonstrating the importance of, uh, of value and, 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 and how you are there alongside them to help them. Mm-hmm. And understanding the business, I think, is real key. There's so many HR people that I, I've known over the years who I say, well, you know, what do y'all do? What, is, what does XYZ company do? And, oh, well, we sell widgets. Okay, so tell me about that. Well, we sell widgets. Well, what do your customers use the widgets for? Or, you know, where's your place in the market? How do you differentiate between the other widget makers and things like that? And they don't know. And hmm. I think that's a that's a sign of a person uh, who's, you know, all they're ever going to be able to do is transactional HR. They're going to be able to get payroll out on time. They're going to be able to, uh, you know, write policies and procedures to keep you from getting sued. But if they don't understand how the business makes money, uh, I don't even understand how they can recruit the right people if they don't understand the, you know, strategy and uh, just the, the, the basics of, you know, why the business exists and who they serve. When I was taking my HR certification many years ago, I remember Barbara Hoover. Uh, the very first thing she said, day one of class, you have to know the business. So important. You know, uh, I was thinking about also, you know, as we, as we talk about, you know, some things we can do. You can ask someone for a 15-minute meeting and not just to go in and just say, hey, how's it going? And, you know, talk about the weather. It's really having questions in front of you saying, hey, listen, I want to help you. I want to learn more about your department or your side of the operation. What challenges are you facing? What's important to you? Um, and, and, and how does this impact our financial goals? And I think when we approach things like that, then uh, people look at us differently too. They're like, hey, you know what? They mean business here. They're, they're here to like really learn uh, and trying to figure out how can we help. And so I think we can certainly make traction there as well. One of your other strategies after a relationship, I think it was identify the problem yeah. uh, that you want to solve. Or And so by that, do you mean go out and figure out what's the problem that I can contribute the most to solving and, and help develop an answer to and then go sell it to, to my peers or to the leadership? Uh, looking for that first big win is that is that kind of your approach or or tell me what you mean by identify the problem? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great great question, Mike. And and I think a lot of times we often approach it that way. But here here's the here's the challenge: if it doesn't align with our business goals, it's not the right problem. Okay, so we have to go out and we have to first we have to understand, Okay, we know the business. All right. Okay, now what are our goals? What are we trying to what are our objectives? Like for our organization, you mentioned Armstrong Relocation. We're very focused on quality. We're very focused on safety and revenue and profit. So if if I'm going out and I'm I'm looking for a way to help the organization and I'm trying to identify the problem, if it's not around those four areas, 
it's probably not going to get a lot of attention. It may go on the, uh, you know, I have a yes list and a not yet list. It may go on the not yet list. And then all of a sudden I'm frustrated because, wait, I think this is the problem. But yet the organization trying to reach where they want to go, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a big, big enough problem. So I think first and foremost, we got to go out and we got to align what's the business goals, what are our objectives and how can we, in, how can we improve those numbers? And when you find those problems, I think that you, you've got you've got something there. And let's take a quick break. Good Morning HR is brought to you by Imperative, premium background checks with fast and friendly service. If you're an HRCI or SHRM certified professional, this episode of Good Morning HR has been pre-approved for one half hour of recertification credit. To obtain the recertification credit information, visit goodmorninghr.com and click on Resert Credits. Then select episode five and enter the keyword Waller. That is W-A-L-L-E-R. On Thursday, September 9th, I'll be hosting a webinar entitled Using Organizational Values as a Planning and Accountability Tool. This webinar is approved for one professional development credit for SHRM certified professionals and one hour of business recertification credit for HRCI certified professionals. You can register for this free webinar at imperativeinfo.com. And if you're listening to this program after September 9th, you can still watch the recorded webinar on our website for credit. And now back to my conversation with Bruce Waller. The, um, when you're talking to about building sponsors, uh, that's something I think uh, uh, that's intimidating also to a lot of HR folks. They will, you know, um, outside of HR, they don't have a lot of those connections. And especially if HR reports up to the CFO, maybe, or somebody like that, and they're all black and white numbers and we're HR and there's a lot of gray area and ambiguity sometimes. Um, how would you how would you suggest somebody go find the you know well I guess you identify the problem and, and then is it just a matter of figuring out who that problem affects the most and and starting with that person? Yeah, I think uh, yeah you identify that problem and now you got to build that business case and, and develop these sponsors and you know uh, it's interesting I, I love to say this your network is your net worth okay you have to build a network and not just outside the organization but inside the organization and uh, you know I used to. Uh, term, you know, invest in the people zone. But, you know, I've always tried to use, you know, a, a couple of things. Number one, you, you've got to use the 100-0 rule. Okay. The 100-0 rule says this, you serve 100% and you expect zero in return. You figure out a way to help people and eventually uh, they will help you too. But, you know, I had a, uh, I had a colleague in our organization. He always talked about the importance of connect for, and he was such a, he was a great, great salesperson in our organization. And what he meant by that was, I want to know two people across uh, my vertical and I want to know two people up and down. And that way I've got these connect, these four in this sphere. And if somebody leaves the organization, I don't lose that relationship. I still have these other three and I just continue to, to know these people. And so, um, you know, I had a, uh, guest on my podcast, week seven. His name is David Winley. He is the former chairman of the board for Sherm National. And he mentioned this about sponsors. You know, I was asking him about the importance of mentors in an organization. 
And he said, you know, mentors are great. They can give you advice. They can help in a lot of ways. But sponsors, sponsors can move your projects through the organization. They can move them over the finish line. So we got to find those sponsors. And, and the way to do that is just to continue to serve people. And, you know, you've heard the uh, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me. You got to figure out what's in it for that other person. Figure out how can you help them. And you continue to serve and serve and serve. And then one day when you need help and you need advice, then all of a sudden you're you're there in position to, to get that from them. And so, um, you know, uh, Seth, uh, Seth McCauley, uh, he's a VP of HR for, for Kirby Smith and he called it relationshiping. I love that term. Just keep building relationships, keep serving. And, and that's really how, how you do that. And you call it a zero to 100, the, the give them a hundred percent and expect a zero back. So it's in other words, karma. I mean, you lay it out yeah. there and, yeah. uh, you know, and we've said for years that Imperative's primary marketing uh, strategy is Mike Coffee's a nice guy, and uh, you know, and then when people are, need what I can do after I've helped them, and I, they got a problem I can eventually solve, hopefully they'll call me, and it's worked for twenty two years at least. So, so I think that's that's really good, and I can see how that would apply inside an organization as well. Yeah, no question. I've even had uh, high performers tell me, "Hey, maybe even consider a meeting before the meeting." So in other mm -hmm. words, you're getting ready to go into your big meeting, schedule a little 10-minute meeting beforehand with whoever you're wanting to help sponsor that project and say, hey, hey, Joe, or hey, Sally, uh, here's what I'm trying to do here. What do you think about this? And, uh, and even start that drip campaign. So, you know, you've, you've heard drip campaign marketing. Well, start dripping ideas to different people in the organization, these sponsors, and you don't have to give it all to them at one at once. A little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here. And then all of a sudden you're having a deeper conversation. And all of a sudden they're helping you drive that initiative where you want to go. Interesting. Let's go back to the kind of that sales thing. But you, you've done, I've watched you for, I mean, we met at Inn on the River and, and uh, in Glen Rose, Texas at a, a small HR conference. Easily 15 years ago. And, uh, I remember uh, that with Brad Smith. With, with the great Brad Smith. That's right. Yeah. And uh, Jesse Owens was there. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was, it was an all-star event, but um, over, I've watched you over that time build a brand. And uh, I'm curious, what do you think comes first confidence or the personal brand? Cause I, I think they're both really key, but which do you think is, uh, is it a, uh, fake it till you make it kind of thing, or is it? Uh, I need I need some inner dexterity before I go out there and, and start putting myself out there. No, that's man. Listen, that's great. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, for me, I can only speak for what I've what I've done. But for me, it's all been about uh, the day I decided to lean in and 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 share my vulnerability and just hey, you know what? This is who I am. This is what I'm all about. Uh, that's when it really changed for me. Even when I started serving at Dallas HR, I remember when I first started attending those meetings, I was thinking about me, how can I help people move or relocate? Mm -hmm. But when I started changing my mindset to, you know what, I'm just going to go in here and I'm going to serve. I'm going to learn about the, uh, these people, uh, find out what they do. How can I help them? How can I be resourceful? The more I did that, 
the more the confidence came because I was like, you know what? I'm really fulfilling my mission, right? right. A- to serve others. And so uh, to answer your question, I, I think that people just have to be vulnerable enough to just say, you know what? I'm going to put this out there and I'm, and, and not just, not just because you want to see if you get some likes or some comments, but because that's how you're feeling. Many times I put things out because that's how I'm feeling. I'm, I'm faced with challenges. So all of a sudden I put something out there that's on my heart. And now all of a sudden I'm finding people relate to that. And so I've just been doing that. I think the biggest thing though, is you just got to be consistent. It's got to be your everyday. Yeah, that's, I think that's really true. And like I've been involved with Fort Worth HR since I was in frontline HR. So it's got to be at least 25 years. Uh, and I've watched representatives of companies that sell into HR show up, come and go, <laughs> yes. uh, come in, pour vinegar all over everybody, uh, trying to, you know, hard sell everybody. And uh, and this is Fort Worth, which you know, HR is a relational business. And wow. they're, most of your purchases are, are relational. But even uh, more so than Dallas, Fort Worth is relational. And I've been telling and, and we've we built our business off of. Of, of relationships in, in, you know, the Sherm communities all over the, the, the state and the country, including Fort Worth HR. And I tell folks who call and say, Hey, I sell God for help. God help us another, you know, I sell benefits because that's what every <laughs> HR association needs one more benefits broker, but I sell benefits. Should I go to Fort Worth HR? My answer is always show up for six months before you sponsor anything, before you ever really try to ever talk to anybody about what you do show up and volunteer as a greeter, sit at a different table every month, meet people and and look for ways you can help them that won't generate you any revenue, be trusted, and then start when it's time saying, hey, you've got open enrollment coming, you know, up in four months. Have you, you know, where are you with your broker right now? Is there anything I can do to help? Um, but I think too many folks are are salespeople first, always be closing. And I just don't, I don't think that works in, in, in most modern sales contexts. Uh, and I, and I definitely don't think if, if you're inside the organization, that kind of sales would work either. You've got to have that brand that, that says, Hey, this is a guy who's actually interested or a girl, uh, gal who's actually interested in helping me do what I need to get done. And in this occasion, it may benefit them as well, or it may not, but I, I trust them that they're going to act in my best interest in this relationship. And I think that's a, uh, I think that's a hard thing for most salespeople to, uh, to understand, but I think it's a hard thing for a lot of HR folks or any profession who, who want to sell their ideas internally. They often haven't done the spade work yet inside the organization to, to have the relationships where they've got that credibility. So I think that's helpful. Mike, you're right on. I mean, listen, I, I said it the first of the program, but most people try to skip that first step. Because building trust takes a long time. And you mentioned six months. Absolutely. For me, it was six months before I started figuring out who's who in the organization or or even when you are in an organiz- a new company or uh, join a new organization. I mean, it just takes a while to build those relationships. And people will figure out what you do or what you need or how they can help you if you just help them. One of the things I'll share at the end of the uh, presentation at the Strategic Mindset Conference is I'm gonna share some common threads for success. And one of those I'll share now, and that is you cannot rush the influencing process. 
And that's what you're talking about. They're trying to rush into it. Hey, how you doing? I'm Bob. Uh, yeah, I've been with, uh, you know, XYZ company for three years. And uh, you want to buy, you want to buy, you want to buy? No, I don't. And it's it's a turnoff. And so that that is... Uh, that is definitely not the way you build trust. You know, you build trust by what we talked about earlier. You got to go in and you got to find out what's important to that other person. And, and just one day at a time, one brick at a time. And then one day you look and, you know, you'll say, hey, where'd that house come from? You know, you <laughs> built that house. And, you know, I've been with Armstrong now for 17 years. And it, it just takes, it just takes time. But if you stick with it, um, good things can happen. And that's a great place to leave it. Uh, thanks for joining me, uh, Bruce. And I, I know I, I, we're both on stage uh, at Strategic Mindset. This is, I think, the 12th annual one. And I was privileged to be on the committee that came up with that idea for Fort Worth HR years ago uh, before I was president there. And I'm glad that they've, they've continued it. It's uh, So for, for those who aren't familiar, if, if you're HRCI, certified and you need business credits. It's a full day of business credits. And we'll have the link in the show notes, but you can go to fwhr.org for details on that too. Thanks a lot, Bruce. I really appreciate you being here. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me on. I cannot wait to see you on the 17th, my friend. We'll see you then. And thank you for listening. You can find previous episodes, show notes, and contact info for our guests at Good Morning HR or on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Rob Upchurch is our technical producer and Imperatives Marketing Coordinator. Katie Bautista keeps the trains running on time. And I'm Mike Coffey. As always, don't hesitate to reach out to me if I can be service, be of service to you personally or professionally. And I'll see you next week. Until then, be well and keep your chin up. <laughs>